Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This is an RNZ podcast. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. Over the past few weeks, the highlights of my cinema going have often come from France. The reason for such an influx of Gallic delights is they'd mostly done well at recent film festivals and so a general release was inevitable. So why are they so enjoyable? Well, first, it's nice to see a bunch of films whose aim is to entertain a general audience. The French movie industry is well supported by their government and so there's not quite the pressure to sink to the lowest common denominator. Bonjour. Vous venez ici? And the other reason non-French audiences warm to them is that the stories seem fresher. We haven't been swamped by them as much as by the Hollywood product, so they seem like new plots, new characters, new conventions. Until you've seen a few of them, of course. Quel âge vous me donnez? Ça, ouais, 80. Oh, charmeur. J'ai 92 ans. Les médecins pensent que c'est mieux pour moi que je sois dans un établissement. Whoa! Attends! Came the dawn, as they say, and suddenly you realise French films are just as prone to the same old, same old as everyone else. They're very keen, for instance, on middle-aged romances, where the female half seem to have looked after themselves rather better than the male half. Let me just say Juliette Binoche and Gérard Depardieu as an example. Je pense qu'il va chercher à vous revoir. Je t'admire. Tu m'enchantes, mais j'ai une femme extraordinaire. Je me disais que c'était un salaud et je jouissais. The French are also inordinately fond of variations on City Slicker finds himself in the sticks and learns a thing or two. Odd couples, the odder the better, and anything involving food or wine. Well, this week's The Tasting seems to include most of the above. Another French convention, though more on TV these days, is their take on crime thrillers, where the British go in for well-mannered whodunits in stately homes and the Americans prefer individual maverick cops going rogue. The French are fascinated by the details of a police investigation. Quoi, le du 13 novembre? Tout ce que je peux vous dire, c'est que la main qui vous frappe, elle va encore vous frapper. They call them policiers, or procedurals, following in the footsteps of dogged investigators like the great Maigret and homegrown purveyors of film noir like Jean-Pierre Melville. Well, this week sees a good example of the genre on the big screen, based on a recent terrorist atrocity. Unsurprisingly, November was a massive hit at home. Il y aurait deux terroristes, peut-être trois, en fuite dans Paris. Je veux que tous les indiquent, tous les infiltrés, tous les flics de France se coordonnent. 
So it's not that French filmmakers are better than everyone else, but they do seem to be encouraged to make the films they want. The French don't go in much for sequels and remakes. Where's the fun in endlessly repeating yourself, seems to be their attitude. The next marvellous advancement in robotics is artificial intelligence. We should never have let AI out of the box. Which is why it's refreshing to hear the same idea coming from Hollywood. The creator is a sci-fi one-off from British director Gareth Edwards, the key phrase being one-off. Edwards seems to have no interest in creating yet another franchise, and good for him. But first, here's another one-off, romantic drama, The Tasting. T'es magnifique. Oui, tu me regardes. Bon, vous me le rendez Ah, oui, bien sûr. Je suis ridicule. Vraiment que je change de métier, ça devient trop dur. The one big surprise in The Tasting is it doesn't star Laura Calamy, the klutzy breakout star of hit TV series Call My Agent. She seems to be in every other film produced in France over the past couple of years. Instead, writer-director Ivan Kelberak has picked the next best thing. Isabel Carré as the middle-aged, middle-class midwife Hortense. Vous pouvez pas continuer comme ça. Vous savez qu'avec la fragilité de vos valvules cardiaques, l'alcool est un facteur aggravant. Et c'est pas parce qu'il y a écrit Médoc sur certaines étiquettes que ça va vous soigner de quelque chose. Meanwhile, the other half of the potential couple, Jacques, has received bad news from his doctor. He's got to cut out alcohol for his heart's sake. Jacques protests. He runs a bottle store after all. And he doesn't even drink alcohol. Just wine. Top-end wine. In fact, he runs regular tasting sessions on the subject. Je passais pour m'inscrire à un de vos ateliers de dégustation. C'est confirmé Oui, je jeudi. Vous pouvez m'appeler Hortense Moi, c'est Jacques. Which is how Jacques meets Hortense, who's expressed an interest in wine, though you get the idea she's just as interested in Jacques himself. And who wouldn't be, after all? Like most French male film stars, Bernard Campon is middle-aged, bald, with bags under the eyes and a bad disposition. Vous allez la pécho. Ça va pas bien, vous. Vous pouvez m'appeler Hortense. Moi, c'est Jacques. C'est fini, là, oui that's Jacques' cheeky new intern Steve, another familiar French movie character. He's a young, second-generation Algerian wastrel who, by the end of the film, we predict, will come right. He may even develop an interest in wine, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's a bit idiot to say that, but I have the impression to know you for a long time. I dream of having a child, but I'm going to want to go more fast than the music. Yes, well, there, it's a bit too fast. I can't take care of a child. The first tasting session is small but select. Jacques himself, the lovely Hortense, rude boy Steve, and, offering contrast to the diffident Jacques, a smooth operator called Guillaume. Wine is all about look, smell, taste, says Jacques. Like women, leers Guillaume, indicating that the Me Too movement has its work cut out gaining traction in France. Une dégustation se déroule toujours en trois étapes. L'aspect visuel, ensuite on va sentir le vin, et après on le goûte. Un peu comme avec une femme. Alors non, pas vraiment. They sip, they learn, but before one thing can lead to another, our mismatched couple needs to overcome various hurdles. Jacques is clearly nursing a mysterious secret as well as a dicey ticker, while Hortense tends to get drunk on the smell of a damp cork. 
Jérôme. The Tysing behaves like we expect in this kind of film, with Jacques and Hortense regularly drifting apart while the audience urges them to get back together. Curiously, one thing that happens in the film, though possibly not in Ivan Kalbarek's hit play, which it's drawn from, is a movement away from the wine-tasting sessions, which you'd think would be a regular occurrence. Toi aussi, t'as perdu quelqu'un de cher? Instead, we plunge more into Hortense's other activities. As a church-going do-gooder, she's a keen member of a terrible choir and an enthusiastic supporter of the local soup kitchen. The fact that dinner for the homeless is always accompanied by a nice bottle of Burgundy is possibly the most French thing about this very French film. Though it's always nice to hear another semi-French classic, Sidney Bechet's Petite Fleur, punctuating the tasting throughout. And while the film hardly breaks new ground, it's certainly helped by tasty performances, particularly Isabelle Carré. Like so many French films this year, it offers decent characters, a few laughs, a few tears, and a satisfying finish. What it says on the label, in other words. Quand la vie est un peu trop grise... Ça fait du bien, un petit coup de rouge. Elle est comment Très gâteau. Ah, sang du Christ. Ah, il est bien. Before English director Gareth Edwards was seduced to the dark side by Hollywood for films like Godzilla and Rogue One, he made his name with an ingenious low-budget sci-fi film called Monsters about a road trip through alien-infested Mexico. Well, now he's returned to those roots with The Creator, which dives into the topic du jour this year, AI. When the war started, they protected me. Took better care of me than humans would have. They're not people, Maya. It's just programming. The creator opens with a potted history of robots as they become more and more sophisticated, not just useful, but increasingly human. Until one day, predictably, they declare war on us. Goodness knows machines have been attacking us in movies for decades, most famously in the Terminator films. Ten years ago today, the artificial intelligence created to protect us detonated a nuclear warhead in Los Angeles. This is a fight for our very existence. Our hero, Josh Taylor, John David Washington, has been sent undercover to investigate the enemy in New Asia. Unlike the noble heroes of the West determined to defeat robots and human lookalikes called simulants, perfidious New Asian humans are actually in league with them. Sergeant Taylor, we are this close to winning the war. The AI are developing a super weapon. Retrieve it. Or they win. Josh is about to uncover the rogue architect of simulants. To that end, he's even married the creator's daughter, Maya, played by Gemma Chan. But after a botched invasion, the AI robots and Maya get away before Josh can discover the creator's new secret weapon. 
Whatever's in there, they're sure worried about someone getting in. Yeah, we're getting out. So an anti-AI squad led by a hard-nosed Alison Janney is set up to capture the secret weapon and Josh goes along with them to try and find his wife, Maya. And as we watch the patrol cross the paddy fields of New Asia, we're reminded of every Vietnam War movie ever made, particularly Apocalypse Now. We are this close to winning the war. Execute her or we go extinct. But as the Western squad blasts the enemy, not just robots and simulants, but peasants, old and young, we're given uncomfortable reminders of some real-life questionable invasions. It's like the old Mitchell and Webb sketch of the two SS officers wondering, are we the baddies? All right, listen to me. Did you locate the weapon? Yeah, it's here. I'm with it. Describe it. It's a kid. It's, It's a kid. They make it into some kind of kid. That's the weapon. What? Nowhere is this underlined more than when Josh discovers that the secret weapon devised by the creator is in the shape of a child. But is it just in the shape of a young human? How human has AI become? Is this still handy equipment or evolution? As far as Josh's troops are concerned, Alfie the super robot must be captured or destroyed. Do you have any idea what the thing is? She looks like a little girl now, but she's growing. Whoever has that kid wins the war. Who's that you want, huh? Josh succeeds in getting Alfie out of the simulant's camp, but then starts to have more doubts. This is shadowy territory. Who's human? Who's a robot? And what's the difference now? It's Apocalypse Now meets Blade Runner as the deeply conflicted Josh finds himself protecting the so-called weapon he's meant to destroy. What's heaven? It's a peaceful place in the sky. The creator is old-school sci-fi, in other words. And what I liked about it, more than many films that tread the same territory by the likes of Christopher Nolan, say, is that it doesn't seem to be going out of its way to make me feel stupid. Once we've established the world of the film, the mission at its heart becomes a very straightforward one, or at least a simple one to grasp. To save the adorable kid, or to save the human race. Take care of her. I promise. The film also benefits from the fact that much of it is shot in real locations, mostly in Thailand, with digital effects tastefully added later rather than swamping every scene. This is, after all, a story about humans and simulants coexisting side by side. It's like the Terminator with the robots being given the right of reply. What do you want, sweetie? For robots to be free. Oh, we don't have that in the fridge. How about ice cream? John David Washington is better than usual too. I've tended to find him a bit bland in the past. He's particularly good with young Madeline Una Voiles as the enigmatic Alfie. Are you going to heaven? 
No. You gotta be a good person to go to heaven. So, we're the same. We can't go to heaven because you're not good. And I'm not a person. Okay, it's about 20 minutes too long, but the well-worn theme of what's a human has given an ingenious twist here, straight out of another sci-fi classic, Planet of the Apes. What happens when machines get more and more intelligent while humans get less and less so? In an age of self-consciously clever sci-fi movies, the creator is something else, an intelligent one. At the start of a French policier called November, we're told that while the story is based on real-life events, many of the details are fictional. It's an important distinction because the real events were a terrorist attack on Paris that hit headlines all over the world for weeks. Two groups simultaneously struck, one at a rock concert at the Bataclan, the other at various locations all over the city. Many of the characters in November, particularly the police, have been renamed to protect them and their families. And a complicated story has been reduced to a matter of days here, while the actual investigation took years. Above all, the film treats the attacks and their victims with admirable restraint. We see very little of the damage caused. Instead, we follow the police investigation from the point of view of a handful of characters. Fred, played by Jean Dujardin, leads the investigation. And if you only know him as a charming comic actor in films like the Oscar-winning The Artist, he's just as good in straight drama. On est évidemment préparé pour ça, mais ceux pour qui la charge émotionnelle est trop importante peuvent se mettre sur le côté. Je veux pas qu'on laisse place à nos émotions personnelles. His boss, Eloise, is played by another actor we don't associate with hard-boiled crime movies. Sandrine Kibelin is best known playing bourgeois ladies who lunch in light comedies of manners. No lunch and very little manners in November. The third point of view is a young provincial detective called Inez, who's clearly been promoted above her level of competence. Right at the start, she makes a rookie mistake when she follows a hunch rather than follow procedure. Fred blasts her for behaving like a rural policeman or the hero of an American cop show, he could have added. Comment vous l'avez récupéré l'adresse? Je l'ai suivi. Vous avez travaillé en dehors de toute procédure. Following procedure is what French police movies are often about. And while November conflates the hundreds of people involved in investigating the crime, it does give a very clear idea of just how it was done. Je veux que tous les indiques, tous les infiltrés, tous les flics de France se coordonnent. 
The pressure on the police in the hours immediately after the murders, over a hundred were killed, many others were badly injured, is immense. Particularly when it becomes clear there's a strong likelihood that the terrorists plan to strike again and soon. Aux dernières informations, il y aurait deux terroristes en fuite dans Paris. Je veux que le moindre type qui a eu un comportement bizarre dans les dernières 24 heures soit en garde à vue. Unlike the sort of murder mystery where one line of inquiry follows a series of clues, this is more like hunting for several needles in various haystacks with only a rough suspicion that it's actually a needle they're looking for. It's also a hugely sensitive issue in which the Muslim community is divided between a very small group of would-be terrorists, a far larger group of law-abiding citizens and a significant number of the police themselves. Faisait quoi le sort du 13 novembre Tout ce que je peux vous dire, c'est que la main qui vous frappe, elle va encore vous frapper. Complicating matters are Paris's criminal underworld. No friends of terrorists, but also dead set against helping the police either. People like arms dealer Jackie, who's appalled to discover his illegal guns were involved in the massacre, and equally horrified that anyone could possibly blame him. J'ai reçu un coup de téléphone pour une autre livraison d'armes. Tout est lié. C'est quoi son nom? Personne le connaît. On n'a rien sur lui. November, like so many past French procedurals, is absolutely gripping. And nowhere more than when Inez finally finds something that looks like hard evidence. A woman called Samir who claims to know where the ringleaders may be. Comment c'est possible que vous n'ayez rien? Ça fait trois jours maintenant. Is Samia incredibly brave or is she lying? Is it a trap or is this one time when Inez's much maligned gut instinct may save Paris from disaster? November, understandably, was a smash hit at home. The original attack is still a red-hot topic in France, their equivalent of 9-11. And the success of the investigation ensured big audiences there. Dans quelques instants, la France va se figer pour une minute de silence. It will probably work just as well here, though for the opposite reason. If, like me, you don't know how it ended, you'll be on the edge of your seat throughout, waiting for the bang. Well, that brings this investigation to a close too. I'm Simon Morris and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.